ברוכים הבאים רבותיי, Welcome, it's Monday night. Now, traditionally, this is the time that we learn Sefer Haredim. For a few days before Pesach, the time is short, and therefore I'd like to make some comments in order to prepare us for the upcoming Hag. Hayav Adam l'rot et ha'atzmo ki'ilu hu yatsa m'mitzrayim. The Haggadah tells us that we have to imagine, we have to see ourselves. As if he left Mitzrayim. And the Haggadah brings a pasuk, I saw a very deep explanation to this. What does it mean a person has to imagine that he came out of Mitzrayim? And this pasuk, Ba'abur Zeh Asa Hashem Li, well I guess the proof is because it says Asa Hashem Li. So therefore you have to imagine that Li, that as if I was there as well. But there was a rabbi called the Tzlah, the Tzlah is the Tziyun Lenefesh Haya, it's the Nodab Bihudar Bihaskel Landau. And he says that we must understand that the night the Jewish people left Mitzrayim, there was a great revelation, there was a great awe, there was a great light. A light that was so strong and so, so surprisingly um, bright. And it was a, uh, a revelation. Like we say in the Haggadah, Mora Gadol. Mora Gadol means a great revelation. Zugilu Shekhinah. If we talk in terms of voltage, very, very high voltage light, a light that doesn't usually appear, or if it appears, it doesn't appear as sudden as it appeared that night. And the Jewish people were able to attach to that light and rise to very high occasions, very high levels. <clears throat> this light, says the Arizal, Moshe Haim Lutzato, is not a, a once-in-a-lifetime event, it repeats itself every year on Nel Pesach. All these preparations that we're making now is to receive that light on Nel Pesach. Some people that have made better preparations will feel it. The more you prepare for these moments, the more you experience it and feel it. But whether you prepare or not, the experience is a reality and it's there. So the Tzlach says, Hayav Adam lirot et atzmo, he says, not physically, lirot which means you have to imagine in your mind. And what is that? You have to picture in your mind, lirot, you have to imagine in your mind, picture the light, the white light, the bright light of Hashem, Coming down. That's the light that came down to our forefathers in Mitzrayim. That's the light that comes every year. You're not going to see it. Physically, it's not a it's physical light. It's something spiritual. It's something metaphysical. 
but you'll be able to experience it kemo b'sha'at yitziat mitzrayim. When the Jewish people left Egypt, they said, this is it, ze'eli. They pointed. When you say the word ze, it means you see it, it's in front of you, you're experiencing it. So he says, and that's what it means when we say, ba'avur ze'eh, when we experience the awe of Lil Pesach, we say, hey, this is it. So we say, it is this light that we're experiencing tonight. is the same light that was manifest on that night that we came out of Mitzrayim. So we have a, uh, a great, great nights coming ahead of us. And he says again, That comes every year and revisits us on Lel Pesach, on Lel Seder. I'm only saying this part of his derash because for those that do the Dafa Yumi, in this morning's daf in Masechet Shabbat, Lamed Aleph, so the Gemara quoted a pasuk in Yeshaya, Lamed Gimal. Vahaya imunat itecha. Hosen Yeshuot. And the Gemara explained that that pasuk is referring to the six orders of the Mishnah. But the Slach says, Vahaya imunat itecha. When a person has imunah in the itecha, in the times, he believes that the holidays, which are the times, imunat etecha, he has faith that the times are alive. The times are vibrant. The times have in them treasures that we're able to connect to. If you have imunat etecha, then hosen yeshuot. Then you're able to plug into and attach yourself to the strength of this light of salvation. Hosen yeshuot. As the Rav says, Hainu shebechol shana pesach, Chosen HaYishuot is the strength of the Yishuot of the salvation. Sheaya Ba'etahi. And therefore, it is incumbent upon us, as we still have a few days before the Hag, to make some spiritual preparations, more mental preparations to know where our mind is supposed to be uh, during this, this period of the year. There's a there's an old question that the Mefarshim ask. I'm sure there's many answers to it. I'd like to ask you the question, but to, to, to pose it. And I'd like to offer the answer that was brought down from Rav Levi Yitzhak Berdichev. You know, this time of year, usually our congregation uh, makes a, a trip overseas to visit the graves of Sadiqim. And we hop around in Europe, in the Ukraine, uh, in Belarus, in different countries where the Sadiqim are, are buried. And one of the uh, staples where we usually visit almost every year is in the city of Berdichev. It's an old town in, in the Ukraine. And we go to the old cemetery there and we visit the, the hallowed grave, the tziyun 
Avrav Levi Yitzhak Meberdichev, Zechuto Yagen Alenu, Amen. They say just by saying the word Berdichev already sweetens the judgments. Let alone to quote the rabbi and let alone to quote something he said. The Gemara says that one time, one of the rabbis, uh, they saw uh, they saw the Mashiach. And they told him, When are you coming? Rabbi Jacob Kassin, our chief rabbi, was very uh, frequent in quoting this Gemara. And the Mashiach says, I'll tell you when I'm coming. Hayom. He said, he's coming today. The rabbi was all excited, expecting that Mashiach's going to keep his word and come that day. And the day came and went. Velo atya. And he, he did not come. So he went back to the Mashiach and he said, I, I thought you said hayom. He said, you didn't let me finish. Im that if they will hear me, if they will hear my voice, then I will come today. But it seems they didn't hear my voice and therefore I couldn't come. So Rav Levi Yitzhak Bibadichev asked the following question. Mashiach was saying that he can come today. Which is our belief anyway, that Mashiach can come today. Hayom. Bechol yom sheyavo. Today. But he says, don't we have a tradition that says that Eliyahu Navi is the, is the one that heralds the coming of the Mashiach and he has to come a day or two before to tell us that Mashiach is coming. So how can Mashiach say Hayom without Eliyahu Navi? Uh, without Eliyahu Navi coming first? That's the question they asked of Levi Yitzhak Berdichev. So he says a beautiful answer, and I quote, he says, Lama be'emet sarich Eliyahu lavo yom nefnem Mashiach tzitkenu? Why does that have to be that way? Why, why does uh, Eliyahu Navi have to be the precursor or the forerunner before the Mashiach? He says, Ki otam b'nei ha'olam terudim me'od he says, because the people are busy and preoccupied. This one's with his merchandise. This one with his business. And they're very materialistic. And they're very bound and tied. is the frivolity and the the nonsense, as we would call it, the havel havalim, the wasteful amusements of the time, and therefore, he says, "Ukshiyavom Mashiach tzedkenu." When Mashiach comes, lazet sarich biat liyau yom mechad kodem. He needed liyau to come a day before. Bechtesh shiyelem hachana v'shaat hazmanat. If not, shall have a day to detox or to detach from their physical material existence in order that they be able to receive Mashiach. So they be able to accept him. So they be able to connect to his holiness. So Eliyahu Navi has to come and he has to put a pause button. I say, Rabotai, stop everything you're doing. It's here. And everybody has a day or two just to... to 
separate themselves from Hevdeh HaOlam. So the Mashiach was saying, but if they would hear me immediately, I would come today. If the people are ready, I don't need Eliyahu HaNavi. Eliyahu HaNavi only comes because of this, you know, this uh, unnecessary uh, evil that exists. But if that evil is not here and the people are prepared mentally, we could pass on Eliyahu HaNavi and I could come today. So the people are entombed. It's an amazing, amazing concept that the Mashiach needs a a preparation because it's such a great revelation when he comes that people have to be in a certain frame of mind. Well, I would venture to say that it's quite possible to say that these moments when we find ourselves detached from the world, detached from our businesses, more or less, clearly detached from the gashmiyut, from the physicality, from the materialism, from the havle ha'olam. Well, it seems that's one of the precursors before Mashiach. What the world is going through now is the revelation of Eliyahu HaNavi. The purpose of Eliyahu Navi is to bring the people closer to spirituality. So when the Mashiach finally comes, we'll be prepared. We are now going through this moment of the revelation to a certain degree of Eliyahu Navi, or at least it's fulfilling the same purpose. These moments clearly prepare us for a great spiritual revelation by removing us from the physical. This is clearly what is happening. Now, of course, this process does not come without sacrifices. We know that anything that is great, and any time we want to arouse great things in heaven, it must be attained with Mesirut Nefesh. Mesirut Nefesh happens on many levels. There are those that fall ill, but they get better. And their sickness is part of the sacrifice that is needed for the process. There are those that fall critically ill. And the Alenu are actually real korbanot. They pass away. And of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will reward them the greatest reward because they are the process that is causing everybody to be waken up and aroused to spirituality. God uses uh, some of the great nishamot for this job in order to be the, the human thunder and lightning that wakes up people and brings them closer. God uses these uh, holy souls as the process of the day before Mashiach. And therefore, it is incredible the times that we're living in. It is the times of Eliyahu and Navi. I don't think it's a coincidence. This Shabbat was Shabbat HaGadol. Although it's not our custom, but there is a custom 
in Yerushalayim, that they read a special haftarah on Shabbat HaGadol. It's in the book of Micha. And the final pasuk over there says, Hineh anochi sholeyach lachem et Eliyah navi Behold, I am going to send you Eliyah navi Lefneh bo yom hagadol v'hanorah, before the great day of Mashiach. Ve'eshiv levavot al-banim ve'lev banim al-avotam. The Gemara says that Eliyahu navi is going to come at this time of the year. And based on what Avlevi Yitzhakbi Berdichev said, is his purpose is to detach us, to give us a moment to contemplate our purpose. It's quite possible that these are the moments of Eliyahu Hanavi. And it's quite possible that it takes our generation more than one or two days to detox. I'd like to now explain what should our minds be on. Not necessarily this year, but maybe more so this year. But this is a, a valid talk for any year. These are not ideas that all of a sudden just were born because of the situation that we're in. These are Torah concepts that existed from the beginning of time. It's just that maybe now we have a, a little better hearing to these concepts. It's not that these concepts are exclusive to what's happening in our situation. These concepts were just as pertinent last year and the year before. But we might not have been able to hear it. But hayom in bekolot Today, we might have better, better hearing. Our hearts, our drops drop softer than they were last year at this time. And therefore, it's quite possible that the same ideas that did not penetrate in previous times uh, have a better chance of seeping in. Atam Sofir says that the words of Torah have to just sit on your heart and you have to remain sitting on your heart and you have to wait for the moment when the heart becomes soft and then those Torah that's will go into Levavecha. We just commemorated uh, the Shabbat Gadol, the tenth of Nisan, which, incidentally, it's worthy to point out that the uh, the dates, the dates and the day of the original Exodus this year is exactly the same dates and days. Shabbat in Shabbat of Mitzrayim was the 10th of Nisan. This Shabbat also was the 10th of Nisan. We left on a Thursday. This Thursday also was the first day of Pesach. It works out as a carbon copy. What happened on Shabbat HaGadol? There's a, um, there's an interesting Midrash. The Midrash says, Brought down in Tosfot Shabbat. We'll get to it. It's on Daf Pezayin Amud Bet. Tosfot says, Kishilakru Pishehem. They took the Kurban Pesach that Shabbat. 
נתקבצו בכורות אומות העולם אצל ישראל. So the firstborn, firstborns of the nations of the world, I guess whoever is in Egypt, they came to Yisrael v'sha'alum and they asked them, למה היו עושים כך? What are you doing with these, with these sheep? אמר להם, זבח פסח להשם. They're going to be used as a sacrifice to God. שיהרוג בחורם מצרים. God is going to kill all the firstborns. Now the amazing thing is, when the firstborns heard about their fate, they believed it. And for good reason. Because Moshe Rabbeinu was right nine times prior. He said there's going to be dam, and there was dam, and there was sefardeya, and there was kinim. And now he says, the people are saying what they heard from Moshe, that there's going to be makat bechorot. And the Hazal say, v'alchu etzel avotehem. So the firstborns went to their fathers. V'el paro, and to the king. Levakesh mimenu sheyishlehu Yisrael. Let them go. We don't want to die. V'lo ratzu. Stubborn. They didn't want to acquiesce. V'asu bechorot melchama im avotehem. And a war broke out. The firstborns started to fight and battle. We call this a civil war. Between firstborns and their fathers. V'hargu mehen harbeh. And there was a lot of, a lot of casualties. David HaMelech hints to this in his Tehilim when he says, "Lemakem Mitzrayim bibchorehim. That God smote the Egyptians, not their firstborns only, but with their firstborns. That means there was a war with the firstborns against the people themselves. And that's one of the miracles that happened on that day. Civil war broke out. I'd like to go back to the Slah. The Nodam Yehuda says over here, very, very important Yesod and principle. We all know that the Beta Mikdash was destroyed, the second Beta Mikdash, which we're still mourning its destruction. Because of sinat hinam, because of baseless hatred. I'm not explaining what that means, baseless hatred. I just know generally what it means. There was disunity and there was mahloket, there was fighting, there was jealousy amongst the people. And as a result, the temple was destroyed. Although in the times of the first Beit HaMikdash, there was... Other, th- other sins, like the three cardinal sins. And the Gemara, of course, says in Yoma that you see, Sanat Hinam is equal to the three cardinal sins. None of us would ever dream to murder. Nor, God forbid, worship Avodah Zarah or commit the crimes of immorality. But the Gemara is saying that the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed 
for Sanat Hinam just as much as it was for the three cardinal sins. To teach us, Shishikula Sanat Hinam Keneged Gimel Averot. I'm quoting the uh, I'm quoting the Slah. Vihine En Eliyahu Ba Kiim Laasot Shalom Ba'ulam. Interesting. The purpose of Eliyahu Navi, one of his functions, is in order to bring bring the people, the Jewish people, to peace. Ki kol zeman she Israel shiruim b'mriba u'machloket. As long as the Jewish people are involved in in fighting. In strife, mahloket, i efshar lehigael, they cannot be redeemed. Always before redemption, there must be a moment of peace, a moment of unity, a moment of cohesiveness, a moment where the nation becomes. Whole again. And he writes that that's exactly what happened before we left Egypt. There was great peace on Israel. The Jewish people left Mitzrayim, there was a certain cohesiveness amongst the nation. Am Yisrael was Bahdut. One day, I could discuss the different proofs that we have for this about the attitude of Klai Yisrael when they left Egypt. That there was a, a bond between them. And that always is the sign that must take place before there is going to be a redemption. There must be an Ahdut. And that's Eliyahu Nabi's purpose. To break the barriers between the people. But then the Slach says something amazing. It's such a Hiddush. He says that we have a rule that when B'nai Israel rise, their enemies decline. And when B'nai Israel decline, the enemies rise. It's almost as if it's a scale. And whoever is on one side of the scale, so one side goes down, one side goes up, it cannot be both equal. That's the way we learned in the Gemara, in Pesachim, Membet. So he writes that when Klal Yisrael reaches a, a moment of Ahdut, a moment of cohesiveness when Klai Israel is together. Together means there's no Lashonara. Together means there's no uh, competitiveness and there's no uh, backstabbing in Lashonara behind somebody's back and there's no politics. When there's unity amongst the people. So when unity is amongst us, that creates divisiveness amongst the Goyim. 
Again, when we go up, they go down. Says the Slach HaKadosh, the Slach says something amazing. He says, when we left Egypt, we were on such a high level of Ahdut. And what did that cause? That caused a civil war to break out amongst the Egyptians. The social unrest amongst the Mitzrayim was the biggest telltale sign and proof that Klai Israel was one cohesive unit. And I'll quote his words. Like Eliyahu Navi does before Geulah. The Midat Adin then went on the Egyptians. So Israel. And this miracle is the sign that Klai Israel was, was indeed Bishalom. And that's why he goes on to say that when Moshe Rabbeinu originally came down to Egypt and he saw the people were tattling on each other, he said, now I know why we're still in Galut. And now I read his words. And this is why the Galut has been extended for so long. And he says, in the Haggadah Shel Pesach, they're giving a hint to this. Why is this night so long? Why is the night Laila of Galut? All the other Galuyot were so short. And this one is such a long one. He says, have mercy on yourselves. Take away the kin'ah, the ta'ava, the kavod. Ulhaba, going forward, nalim hol ikad lahabiro. Everybody should forgive one another. This is a very, very powerful musab. That's very appropriate. I always heard from Hakam Baruch Shalom that he said that so great is Shalom that with his unity, the Satan does not have the ability to prosecute or to damage. And he would always say, Hakam Baruch, the Pasuk. Habor Asabim Ephraim. Even if Ephraim, the Jewish people, are attached to Avodah Zarah, the Pasuk ends, Hanahlo. God tells the Satan, leave them alone. The unity is able to overcome and override and cause the Satan to overlook, and he does not have an ability to attack. The Maharal, the Maharal says something incredible. He says, this was the symbol 
of what happened on the night of Yitziat Mitzrayim. God told us to take a Korban Pesach. But if you know anything about the Korban Pesach, we weren't able to cut it up into pieces. We had to take the whole animal, put a spit from one end to the other, and we roast it. It had to be complete, it had to be whole. And we took one sheep per house. The Korban Pesach represented the Jewish people that are called Sepezurah. And it represented, there was a completeness of the Jewish people, like the Korban Pesach. There was a oneness amongst Klai Yisrael. Unfortunately, the Maharal goes on to say that one of the one of the negatives the negative consequences of exile is that Klai Yisrael becomes splintered. He says that is the punishment of exile. After all, exile is when Jews are scattered physically amongst the nations of the world. That pizur, he says, causes B'nai Israel to feel scattered amongst themselves. And therefore, before the Mashiach comes, there must be a, a moment where there's a pause, where Klai Israel is able to, to reconnect. We connect to each other. And that brings me to one point that I would like to make that I heard from the Gedolim. You know, in these days, there are not too many people talking Lashonara about their neighbors. Not too much jealousy, not too much competitiveness not too much materialism. It's almost as if all these things that we're talking about are happening, but we see something else. We see a tremendous unity that's starting to build. I, I don't talk for the world. I don't know what's going on in the world. I don't really watch the news that often, <clears throat> and I don't keep up with the day-to-day what's going on in other communities. But if our great community is a, a yardstick or a, <clears throat> barometer you're starting to feel a certain well we'll call it a camaraderie or a closeness or a kinship that's starting to develop amongst our people uh, there's a certain bond it's manifesting itself in many ways Everybody's putting the material stuff on the side and the gashmiut on the side and everybody's working on ahadut, on unity, on many levels. But I'd like to discuss one level that cannot be taken for granted. I know it's on many people's minds the uh, the fact that we are not being able being able to pray with the minyan these days. The halachav tefillah b'sibur. And we always understood that tefillah b'sibur means you get 10 people together 
and you have a halacha quorum, and that's called tefillah b'sibur. I was made aware <clears throat> that that might not be the case. As a matter of fact, there might be a a deeper underlying understanding what tefillah b'sibur actually is. But to say the Hiddush that I'm about to tell you, it needs to be proven. I cannot just say it without a, having a backup. Again, I saw this from Gedolei Yisrael. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah and Ted Zion has a famous question the Gemara wants to know, how do we pray the Amidah, Rifa'enu, Barich Alenu, all the prayers, the middle prayers, requests, isn't everything decided already on Rosh Hashanah? So isn't it already decreed? So we should pray once a year, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, and once the seal is in, we should retire the Sidur until next year. How am I praying for the Fa'in? Whatever is going to be, is going to be. It was sealed already. This is the, this is the Gemara's question. So the Gemara says, well, it must be that the prayer is going according to the opinion that says that we're judged every day. So it's a daily judgment. So Tosfot comes along and says, fine. But even according to our tradition that we're judged on Yom Kippur, and it's not a daily judgment, but we still have the Amidah. So how are you going to reconcile according to that opinion? Tosfot gives one answer. Tosfot comes along and says that in the name of Rabbeinu Tam, the tefillah de Rabim Shani, the gezar dinam nekra. Unbelievable. That when you have a sibur that prays, Tefillah b'sibur can even nullify a decree that was already uh, established on Yom Kippur. Okay? So when we come together in the Minyan and we're praying, it has the ability to overturn even what happened on Kippur. That's what ends up Tosfot. And then he says the following. He says, the Gemara Shabbat, we just learned it says, when a person visits a sick person on Shabbat. So you have to pray for him, but you pray in a different way. And one of the things they say to the sick person is, Hamakom Yirahim Alecha Ve'alkol Hole Amo Yisrael. God should have mercy on you. Ve'alkol Hole Amo Yisrael or Betoch She'ar Hole Amo Yisrael amongst the sick people. So Tosfot asks the same question. Tosfot says, what are you praying for the sick person? Whatever was decreed was decreed. And here you can answer that there's a minyan. Because there's no minyan. It's one guy visiting his friend. Like the Gemara says, one rabbi visited his colleague and he blessed him. What are you blessing him for? How are you blessing an individual? It's not a minyan. Tosfot's answer. When the Yashiv when you make such a prayer, the damya lerabim, that's considered as if there's a rabim, 
והבו מצלי בהדה על כל החולים. That since the rabbi was including all the sick people together, he was praying for everybody, that is the status of Rabbim. Abotai, this Tosfot is giving us a new understanding of what Tefillah B'Sibud is. Tefillah B'Sibud is not necessarily praying with 10 people. Tefillah B'Sibud is not the amount of people that we're praying with, but it's who we're praying for. That if a person is praying for the Sibur, even though you're one person, but your mind is on the people, that's called Tefillah B'Sibur. And that has the ability to break judgments, even if you're alone. And according to that, it's quite possible you could have 150 people in a room, and everybody's praying for themselves. And although you might have a halachic Sibur, but you don't have the depth of what a Tefillah B'Sibur is. This just for saying that when one person prays for the klal, that's called a tefillah b'siv, and has the ability to break gzardin. They bring a proof to this from the Gemara Rosh Hashanah Yud Zayin. The Gemara says that a sibur is able to break a gezerah even after the gzardin, even after the decree is signed and sealed and stamped. The Sibur is able to nullify it. So the Gemara says, we're going to read it on Pesach, Yor Guys are on a boat. And all of a sudden, a tempest comes, a wind, Ruach Se'ara, and all of a sudden the boat starts to capsize, Yehogu V'yanuka Shikur, everybody's walking like drunkards on the boat. And the Pasuk says, so they call out to God, God save us. And they give praise to God when the water comes down. The Gemara comes along and says, If they were able to call out before the judgment was on them, they'll get answered. But if they call out after the judgment was sealed on them, so the Gemara asks, What do you mean? On the boat, you have a minyan at least. Let's assume there's a minyan. And you just told me that a minyan, a sibur, is able to break a judgment. So, how are you telling me now that the guys on the boat, even after the judgment was decreed, why shouldn't their prayers be able to nullify? Gemara's answer. Hani nami ki yechidim. Because the people on the boat are like yechidim, they're like individuals. What do you mean they're like individuals? You have a hundred people on a cruise. They have a very, they have ten binyanim. And the Gemara says, after the decree is signed and sealed, those hundred and fifty people they're not going to be able to over, override the, the decree. Why not? We just said. The explanation I heard is because when you have 150 people that are on a boat that are about to capsize, everybody's praying for themselves. Nobody wants to die. Everybody has their head in the sidur praying to God, save my life. S, not S-O-S. Save our souls. S-M-S. 
save my soul. You pray like that? I don't care if you have 150 people, you're an individual, you're a Yahid. Abotai, this is very, very telling, this Hiddush. Because I was also concerned, like many of you, we're praying be Yahid. We're losing the power of the Sibur. But I ask you, when we're praying the Amidah today at home, alone, is Amidah for ourselves? If you're like me, and I'm sure you're even better than me, you all have a list, a list from here to tomorrow, lists with all the sick people's names on it. Anybody only praying for themselves here? Any berachah that we say in the Amidah, do we not have in mind for the entire of Klai Yisrael? Are we not praying for the welfare and the refuah and the hatzlaha and the peace and the tranquility? Are we not praying for all Klai Yisrael during these times? And therefore I, I will say something that's maybe quite brazen. That it's quite possible that all these years that we were praying we might have actually been praying because when there's selfishness and people are concerned just about themselves well when the world is good and everybody's you know on good times so we tend to think about ourselves and forget about anybody else because people have well, they want to succeed they want to be they want to get ahead So it could be all these years, and I'm not mekatreg, and I'm not saying it's true, but it's possible that you could have a sibur that really was a yahid, a bunch of yahidim praying, and now all of a sudden you have a yahid, and all of a sudden for the first time, now we have tefillah be sibur. Because our amidah is filled with, listen, our amidah is written in plural, for good reason, etc. But now we mean it. Now we see the pain and the the sad and the anguish. And therefore, it's, our minds is to automatically want to pray for the welfare of Klai Yisrael. That's our prayer today. And that's part of the tikkun before the Mashiach comes. Part of the tikkun is that Borei wants to unite us. The purpose of Eliyahu and Navi's moments is to bring Klai Yisrael away from their mundane business and bring Klaisil to a focus of spirituality. But for a Geulat to take place, there needs to be a unity. And I don't know why it has to happen this way, but unfortunately through calamity and catastrophe, people do come together. I think that's that happens, if you remember the way uh, the world in New York, at least, where we lived at the time of 9-11, there was a certain bondness that everybody had. Somehow it brings us together, but Am Yisrael, especially in, in, in different ways than any other nation. Am Yisrael rises to very high occasions and does things uh, that are above the normal scale of the world. And this is what our test is now. I don't think it's a coincidence why the Gedolim advised us to start learning the laws of Lashon Ara. Man to man, that's the key. 
man to man. Chesed. This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. He always wanted it. This is not, again, nobody said, oh, this is the Hadush of now, this year. This was the Hadush last year. This was the Hadush 10 years ago. It was the Hadush since the destruction of the second Beit HaMikdash. I'm not saying, this is not a Hadush. Oh, the rabbi saying a Hadush of what we have to... I'm not saying anything new. I don't, I'm not, I don't have anything new up my sleeve. The new stuff we leave for the for the Gedolea door to tell us the new ideas. But I'm telling you the old stuff. So you say, Rabbi, why are you repeating old stuff to us? Because I say, because maybe now you're able to hear it. Hayom in bekolot You know, after being removed from society for, for so many weeks already, for being, uh, we have a different rhythm now. We have a different schedule. Our minds are... It's not the same. It's not filled with all the with all the noise and all the pollution. So we're going now through a time of Eliyahu and Navi, which is the same function. His function is to remove us first, to give us a warning. It's coming. Move away. Mentally prepare. And his job is to bring us and to unite us. Just like before we left Mitzrayim. And that's, that's clearly happening that's going to be happening now. We have a great seder this year. We have a great seder every year. The highlight of the seder is the Arba Kosot, the Haggadah Pesach, the Matzah and the Maror, the Haroset. As far as I know, those items were not banned from coming to this year's Seder. We might have some empty seats, but the mitzvah of the Seder is the Haggadah, the Matzah, the Maror, the Haroset, the leaning, the recitation of the Hallel, and the praising of God's name and thanking Him. But Anlel said that in order to receive this light, who knows? At the end of the said that it says some custom they put a kosher of Eliyahu and Navi because they believe that after such a night that Eliyahu and Navi starts to knock on all the doors and says, Besorotovot, it's here, we're ready. Who knows? Stay up to the end of the said, and maybe we'll be in for a for a great surprise. If it's not this year, well, one of these years we're gonna that surprise is gonna be realized. But when you start to see things get a little different, so you get curious that, well, maybe this is it. And we're much better people. We're much better people already. Yes, everybody's gonna want to make new takanot and new decrees. That's up to the big rabbis to decide where our focus should be. But one thing is clear. This is from the books. The unity amongst the people. The ahadut. We have to take the edge. Take the edge off. 
People have to start to become a little more tolerant of each other. And when I say tolerant of each other, it obviously means of people that are not the same like us. And don't exactly think like us. And do not exactly dress like us. And do not exactly uh, have the same uh, thinking as us. This is the moments of Ahdut. I mean, if Acham Baruch told me that if the people are worshipping Abu Dazarah, there's Ahdut, so the Satan has no hand. So that tells me that the power of oneness and completeness and wholeness is that great. And we're all in that mind now. I'm getting names of sick people. I'm not asking where do they pray. I'm not asking them, you know, what do they do on Yom uh, Ma'at I'm not asking them, you know, what, 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 what butcher do they go to? Nor am I asking them uh, what their observance level is. Anybody care about that stuff now? That stuff's all put to the side. Jewish people are in need. Somebody comes and sticks his hand out, Rabbi, I need money for Pesach. I'm going to start asking him his hashkafa. That's something that we put aside. Everybody's becoming a little more gelled. Everybody's becoming a little more connected. You see some of these Zoom chats. Everybody in the community from all walks, all stripes. They're all coming together to hear, to get excited, to understand, to grow. And this is, I think, the message that we must prepare ourselves mentally during this Eliyahu Hanavi moment. was right. Eliyahu Hanavi has got to give us the, the one day to prepare before the great light of Mashiach. And this might be these days we're getting. Our generation needs more than one day. And we're being removed from all the havleha olam. And now our mind is able to become a little more focused on the light of Mashiach. Now we can go into the Seder. And we say, Ba'avur Zeh is a result of this light that we are enjoying tonight. Asa Hashem Li B'tseti is the same light that He gave us when we left Mitzrayim. And that is my prayer that we could start thinking on these levels. The practical advice is we should start learning the laws of Lashon Ara. Once you start learning, you become a little more uh, careful. It's on your mind. You think twice before you say something about somebody else. We have to be a little more patient, a little more tolerant. Ahdut. Uh, once already we get rid of the Mahloket, then already the Tzlach says, already there's a unity amongst Klai Israel. And then already we prepare ourselves for a redemption. And then all these sacrifices that we're taking now are, are not in vain at all. They brought us closer and we got the message. I take this opportunity to wish all our members a Hag Kashir V'Sameach. I remind all of you to remain safe. Uh, make the Seder according to the advice of the great rabbis and the doctors. The main thing is, if you're able to, as long as the matzah is still invited and the maror and the haroset and the four cups, it's very good company. It's a lot of company you have. And Bezat Hashem, you'll be able to make the tikkun that night and the moragadol, the revelation of that light, will be manifest in our homes and in our souls. Let us prepare, Bezat Hashem, 
for that moment of Hayom in Bekolot Tishma'u, that the Redeemer will come today, because now already we can hear it. We might not have been able to hear it a month ago, but a month later in quarantine, now all of a sudden we're starting to hear some spiritual uh, sounds, some very delicate uh, spiritual uh, rhythms that we might not have picked up. Our frequency is a little more fine-tuned. And I pray that at that moment of the Geula will be fulfilled the Pasuk that is written that after the Jews left Egypt, God said, School is shining rabot, naimot vetobot.